0: Let me ask God to bless his word. Lord, we're going to be reading from Luke. And, and I ask that you bring your word to life. I confess, John 6, that the flesh profits nothing. It is the spirit that gives life. And what you say, your words are spirit and life, the truth. Open our hearts to not, to not ignore you, to not be dull in our hearing, please. I'm asking now in Jesus' name, amen. I want to begin uh, by by reading a parable to you. This is a modern-day parable for mothers. It's a Mother's Day parable called Miriam and Ezra. Miriam and Ezra. And here's how the parable goes, and you will be quizzed on this, okay? Listen. Once upon a time, there lived a woman named Miriam. Miriam had an old donkey named Ezra who was her best friend. She enjoyed telling Ezra all that was in her heart while walking together. Ezra didn't mind. He enjoyed her voice. Each day, Miriam and Ezra would walk out of the village to gather wood and water for her family. Miriam's husband didn't have a mind to be helpful for he thought his day was better served if he busied himself with more important things. One day, while walking home with Ezra, laden with wood and water, a stranger came and said to her, you foolish woman, the donkey should be carrying you. Miriam, for fear of shame, unloaded the wood and water, mounted the donkey and tried to pick up the wood and the water and place it on her lap, Pieces of wood kept falling, the water was spilling. She dismounted poor Ezra, who was rather bothered by the whole thing, and reloaded the wooden water on his back. And then they started to walk to her village. A second stranger saw her and said, You lazy woman! Who do you think you are making your donkey do all the work? Miriam, for fear of shame, unloaded the wooden and water and placed them on her own back. Ezra did not like this. He brayed loudly. This was his job, being the discerning donkey that he was. He noticed what others didn't. Maryam was getting tired. Once more, they started off. Home. Finally, a third stranger came. Saw her carrying the wood and water on her back and said, You prideful woman, if you are so strong, why don't you carry the (laughs) donkey? Miriam, for fear of shame, shifted the wood and water, tied them around her neck, and then with all the strength, she hefted poor Ezra on her back. She was bent double and groaned under the weight, but Miriam forced herself to take just one more step and then another. She longed to be home. Ezra did not like it and kept braying in protest. Mm -hmm. Nearing the village, a crowd gathered to watch the curious sight of Miriam and Ezra. Some laughed. And some held their hand over their mouth. Who would carry a donkey? Someone else asked, who would want to bear such a burden?" Miriam was so exhausted and bent over from the unspeakable way of carrying everything. Nearing her front door, Miriam collapsed. The wood scattered. The water was wasted on the ground, and her beloved Ezra tumbled and ran away. Miriam began to cry softly. She was trembling. And suddenly, Miriam was quiet and became very, very still, lying on the ground. Her husband yelled from his bed, Woman, we have no bread. Her children ran up to her and said, Where have you been? Wake up, mommy. We're hungry and thirsty. But Miriam didn't move. She was still. She was finally home. The next day, when Miriam finally awakened, there were three women standing over her. The first woman said, I made bread and fed your family. The second woman said, I drew water and gave your family something to drink. And the third woman said, I found Ezra. He's tethered in a stall and he wants to go for a walk. Looking at her friends with grateful eyes, Miriam smiled and softly said, Thank you for noticing me. What is that purple about? Pop quiz. What's it about? It's okay to speak. about? The shy ones. Gratitude. Gratitude. Absolutely.
1: Sharing
0: the load. What's that? Sharing the load. Absolutely. Absolutely. What else? Who are the three strangers? Mm-hmm. Okay. Anyone else? The three strangers, criticism, right? You fool, you foolish woman, you lazy woman, you prideful woman. What does it mean that she feared being shamed? was more concerned about it. Yeah. Yeah. there may be a Miriam in the room here right now there may be a Miriam who is trying to carry everything and one, one thing that's driving her burden to carry everything is that she fears shame she fears people criticizing her and blaming her for something yeah Everyone, you want turn to Luke 13, Luke chapter 13, and uh, I want to read a story. Only Luke records the story, and it's fascinating, absolutely fascinating. Luke chapter 13, verse 10. Now, Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath there was a woman who for 18 years had had a sickness caused by a spirit, and she was bent over double and could not straighten up at all. When Jesus saw her, he called her over and said to her, Woman, you are freed from your sickness. And he laid his hands on her, and immediately she stood up straight again and began glorifying God. But the synagogue leader, indignant because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath, began saying to the crowd in response, There are six days during which work should be done, so come during them and get healed and not on the Sabbath. But the Lord answered him and said, You hypocrites, does each of you not on the Sabbath untie his donkey or his ox uh, from the stall and lead it away to water it? And this woman, a daughter of Abraham as she is, whom Satan has bound for 18 long years, should she not have been released from this restraint on this Sabbath day? And as he said this, all his opponents were being humiliated and the entire crowd was rejoicing over all The glorious things being done by Him. A couple of comments. I want to dig into the scripture. One of the big questions is Is this condition of being bent over doubled? In the word uh, in Greek, kucto, to stoop, she's probably, this is probably what she looks like completely bent over. In fact, the word is used to describe Jesus in John 8 when they set a trap, they took a woman, very poor, Uh, there was a payment made, they got one of their buddies to uh, acquire her services, they set a trap, during the act, there's an arrest, they drag her out in the courtyard, and Jesus stoops over, doubles over, and writes on the ground. The exact same word. This woman was stooped over. Jesus stooped over to write on the ground. We don't know if there was a medical condition, there was an an injury, and uh, her lower spine, lumbar area fused together. She's in acute pain, and she's just literally like this, or perhaps it's osteoporosis. A variety of MDs and theologians have tried to work through that we don't know no one knows we do know this that it's attributed to a spirit and we also know that Jesus said that she has been bound by Satan so is this a demonic possession manifesting physically and so she's folded over because of demonic possession okay I say no no I say no. If that were the case, what would Jesus say to the woman? You've you you read the exorcism stories. What would he say? Exactly. I command you to leave, you, you demonic spirit. And the demon would flee or demons and she'd be all better. There's no word spoken about an exorcism in any form. There's no commanding of an evil spirit to flee. There's no rebuking Satan. Nothing. So this is what is in all likelihood going on. Is It is a severe medical condition, okay, that she's completely stooped over. And Satan has moved in on it to exploit her. And Satan is keeping her bound, not just physically in the physical sense, He's keeping her bound spiritually and he's keeping her bound mentally. She is battling a purpose in life. She's battling whether she's acceptable to God. She's battling probably depression. She's battling all kinds of evil junk that's going on that is being constantly fueled by Satan and the demons are laughing in the corner. And she is profoundly... Can you imagine the pain of, of, of laying over like that and functioning at that, at that level? Jesus saw her. He called her to him. Jesus says, hey, come here, come here, come to me. And I imagine she was hobbling in front of everybody. Come here, come here. Was there shame and embarrassment? Maybe. called her over and he said to her, Woman, you're freed from your sickness. And then he laid hands on her and immediately, useless, she stood straight and she began to glorify God. Can you imagine? 18 long, long years. And then, of course, the synagogue leader you know, steps in. Almost like a critic, huh? Behold, you foolish woman. Behold, you lazy woman. Behold, you prideful woman. And the synagogue leader essentially says whatever it is that's been wrong with her is not that important. Keeping the rules on Sabbath. but <laughs> religion does more to harm people. Can I just make a comment? Does more to harm people. Honoring a twisted and manipulative rule that is not found in Torah, but is found in the oral traditions that the rabbis are making up, the fence around the fence around the fence to make sure you don't violate the Torah, is abusive. And here we go again, another man abusing women. Men have been abusing women since the beginning of time. And here we go, another story. Jesus brilliantly says, you hypocrites, you two-faced people. The term hypocrites comes out of the Greek theater and if there's a five, a play requires five parts to be played, there's only three actors two of them wear a mask and they become two-faced and they'll wear a mask and come out and play this role off stage, flip it around play another role, a different mask you two-faced people you hypocrites you untie your livestock and water them on the Sabbath this woman bowed for 18 years she needed to be untied and loose from this horrific bondage And it really doesn't matter what day it is. And Sabbath is a good day. By the way, Sabbath is known as a Sabbath of rest. (laughs) Do you think this dear lady needed to rest? Oh my goodness. She needed to rest. I want to share three small scriptures, passages to apply this today. Husbands. In the same way, live with your wives in an understanding way. As she is someone who's weaker, she sees a woman and show her honor as a fellow heir of the grace of life so that your prayers will not be hindered. I don't want to make my comment about the damaged spiritual life of a man who abuses his wife but claims to be a Christian, I won't mention that because it's Mother's Day. So I won't bring that up. You husbands, in the same way, live with your wives in an understanding way. Way. Did you know what? (laughs) In my preparing for this at Dark Thirty... I didn't update Proverbs twenty three, twenty-two. Can I just quote it for you? Let me just quote it. I memorized it about thirty four years ago. It goes like this. Sons, listen to your fathers. Listen to your fathers. And do not despise your mother even when she's old. a man and a child who despises their mother? Matthew 11. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is comfortable, and my burden is light. I love the fact that Jesus calls this woman, been over for 18 years, he says, come here, come on, come to me. And then Matthew 11, he's saying the same thing. Do you think Miriam was tired? <laughs> Did she need to find rest for her souls? All right. Christ Church, you're the body of Christ. This is Mother's Day. What words of encouragement can you give our mothers today? What would you say, Kate? What's that? Give her a card? Yes. Are you going to make the card? You already did, and you and you gave it to her. Was she happy? Did she cry? No, I cry. <laughs> maybe, maybe, uh, maybe in her heart, just a little bit. Maybe not. Yeah. We took pictures. So. Yeah. Oh, cool pictures. What else can we do to encourage mom? We gave her flowers. A flowers. <laughs> we give her a big bag. Like, um, give her a present. Give her a present. Then, yes. Daddy. Yeah. Daddy. Good, good Katie. Somebody else, what can we do to encourage more? Caroline? Ah. That goes a long way, doesn't it, Caroline? And don't don't we long for that to be loved? Yeah. We need to be needed, we want to be wanted, we love to be loved. How true is that. Someone else, what can we do to encourage ones? David? Give her a day of rest. Ah. <laughs> I was waiting for that one, David. Thank you. Um, kids, here it comes. Here it comes. Dads, here it comes. Why don't you try carrying the wood in the water for a bit? Give it a go. See how you do. And you say, Oh, wood, I have chainsaw. I have axe. Sounds manly. No, uh, that's a metaphor. It means laundry. It means, yeah, there you go. Oh, boy. Lens off the can now, I tell you. Uh, dishes, dusting. <gasps> Take the kids, get them out of the house. <laughs> Let mom have a break. <laughs> Let mom rest. Uh, funny story about Lisa. Lisa's in many ways epitomizes an amazing mother. You know, not unlike today, I I meet with adults all day long, uh, appointments all day, every day. And I'm having deep and meaningful conversations with adults all day long, 25, 30, 35 a week. Meanwhile, Lisa uh, she was at home with a rambunctious Rebecca. You think Rebecca's a saint. You don't know. You don't know. One time she pulled the toenail off and put it in her sister's spaghetti. And let her... Eat. And poor... Le- you were five? Was she five years old, Lisa? Something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, of course, giggles about it as Andrew's eating his spaghetti. Andrew's like four or three or something. Boy, they would get into it. And Lisa, it would be all day long, communicating on a four-year-old level, all day long. Meanwhile, I'm having engaging intellectual conversations with adults, all day long, you know. And then when I came home, I'd I'd look at Lisa and say, how you doing, and she goes, fine. You get the blue sippy cup and don't ask for another one. And I just came in the door, that's all I did, you know. Um, It's hard when you're with the kids, All day long. And I know you men can say, Hormonally, you're wired to do that. You're made to be a mother. God's design. That's true. That's true. But, if you, manly man, are wired by God hormonally to serve and protect, then why don't you? Carry some wood. Carry some water. A lot. Don't do your brief tour of duty for 30 minutes and then go and then go AWOL 80 for a couple months. <laughs> yeah. Help. I think there are several of you who have a little bit of a Miriam heart
1: and you're tired.
0: And you need a rest. Someone else, what can we do to encourage moms? What
1: can we do? Let's say, don't we'll wait for just one day a year exactly live with your wives understanding way huh? study your wife show her honor yeah. make for just one day a year to honor your yeah. wife yeah yeah and mother your children <coughs> yeah. yeah exactly
0: that's so good so good anybody else one more <coughs> yeah what do you think of that last line when Mary Oliver spoke to the three women standing over her and said, "Thanks for noticing me"? What do you think that's about?
1: I think she thought nobody saw her because all she could see was the ground, and also, all she could see was the ground and people's feet. So just assuming you know, I'm invisible. Yeah. And then Jesus, Jesus took the initiative to see her and to call her step into her life basically he's saying I see you big deal Lee big deal just like Jesus in the synagogue
0: I see you yeah uh, let's when that gets down to real life the real wood and the real water that's heavy uh, can you imagine in a house full of kids and she's at home all day and trying to keep them fed you know the feeding of the 5,000 snacks it's actually in the Bible and just more snacks and food and cleaning. And, and because you're a smart Christian family, you have this rule. Because you're so Christian. A place for everything. And everything in its place. It's just, it's a God-ordained little proverb that we live by, right? And yet, here we are. <laughs> the, the donkey's getting heavy, you know. And the house is a mess. The kids are, you know. Why are kids sticky? (laughs) Lisa left for 30 seconds and had her purse. This was actually like two days ago yesterday. Had her purse on the table. And Evelyn ran up, unzipped the purse, pulls out the the, the bigger purse, pulls out the money purse thingy. Opens it up and puts three coins in her mouth. <laughs> it's hanging out. Of course, Lisa knew exactly what was going on. And uh, Evelyn, is there something in your mouth? <laughs> and then Lisa, being the gracious grandmother, she just walks up and says, "Okay, spit it in my hand." It's a blue outcome with the coins. Kids are sticky. They're messy. By the way, she's got to get a meal tonight, right? You got to do the meal, right? And you come home from work, and you being the brilliant man that you are, incredible intellect, dizzying intellect, and you scan the house, and you say, what have you done all day? And the donkey gets heavier and heavier and heavier. Moms, you're amazing and you're wonderful. And you are an heir of the gift of life. There's roses uh, on a table as you leave this morning. Why don't you grab one? Uh, take it as just a little symbol that, uh, that we appreciate you so very much.
1: Chris, can I said in, your, in the, the parable you read, what, she would, what kept moving her to do these things was shame. And in, in The Voice of the Heart, he talks about shame is a feeling. It has a gift. It has an impairment. The gift of shame is, is recognizing I need help and asking for help. The impairment of shame is saying I'm not worthy of help. Yes. And that, I think that's where she felt. It's brilliantly.
0: That's brilliant. Yeah, and she so got these women. Can I get a little ouchie for a second? They feel obligated to live in an Instagram ideal kind of world. This persona that my life, my family, my home, my kitchen, my figure, the obedient nature of my children. has got to be Instagram worthy. And the donkey gets heavier and heavier and heavier. And it will crush you under the roof. It's just not a good way to live at all. Come unto me, all you Miriams, who are weary and burdened. Take his yoke on you and be healed. So I want a prayer of you. and We're going we're gonna to get ready to sing. Father, I love you. Thank you for the moms that are here. Thank you to the grandmoms. Thank you to the women here who don't have kids, but they're still a mother and they love and they care and they bear burdens. We love you, Abba Father. and We thank you for today. In Jesus' name.